You're now listening to Jesus is the Truth with Ashley Mora from Obey Christ. May God bless you. Hi guys, welcome back to my channel. Thank you guys so much for joining me for another episode of Jesus is the Truth podcast. I believe this is episode six. I believe this is episode six. Um, I'll clarify in the title, I'm sure. But um, yeah, you guys, make sure you check out the previous episodes. We are in season two right now. So definitely check out uh, the first five. Again, if I'm not mistaken, uh, please check out the first five episodes of season two. Uh, the Lord has me pumping them out pretty quickly this time around, so I'm uh, I'm excited about it. But before I get into today's message, I just want to take this time, because I'm trying to do better at this, you guys. I just want to take this time to thank you for watching. Thank you for clicking on this video. And I wanted to ask you to please subscribe if you haven't already, especially if this is your second time here, your third time here, or you've been here before and you're back again and you enjoy the videos here, please subscribe guys. Please support the channel. I really, really appreciate it. And for those of you who have already subscribed and you're back just to support and check out what's going on, I greatly appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you so much for all of your love and support. Uh, and thank you guys also in podcast land for listening in and tuning in via whether it's Spotify or Apple Podcasts, don't forget to follow the podcast and don't forget to like. Also, while you're over there, leave a review, you guys. Leave a review, leave a comment. Let me know you're listening. Let me know you're there. So um, as you guys can see in the title, this week's video is about getting over yourself. So I actually said something similar or something along the same effect in a previous episode actually last week. So I think it's important now more than ever that we realize how insignificant our feelings are when they do not align with the word of God, when they don't align with what God said about the situation. Like this, this shift in your mindset is so serious, in fact, that it can determine the outcome of your eternal residence, aka whether or not you go to heaven or hell. So let's get into it. Uh, I actually have two really brief passages for you guys today in this particular message. So I'm going to read those first and then I will discuss a few notes for you guys. I don't anticipate this particular video or this particular episode to be really uh, lengthy, but we'll see. I don't know, guys. I, sometimes I feel like it's not going to be lengthy, ends up being lengthy and vice versa. I don't know. So Let's just let the Holy Spirit say whatever he wants to say. Holy Spirit, have your way. Amen. Okay, because that's who I yield to, who you yield to. Okay, so the first passage comes from uh, John chapter 3, verse 17. And it says, For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. So I'm going to read that again, again from John uh, chapter three, verse 17. And it reads, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Then the second passage is uh, from Matthew. So the book of Matthew chapter six, verse 24, and it reads, no one can serve two masters for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. So other versions may say mammon. You can't serve God and mammon. So different versions read differently, but it's the same concept. It's referring to the same thing. Okay, so I'm going to read I'm going to read that again. Matthew chapter 6 verse 24 and it reads, "No one can serve two masters. For you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved." to money so you have you can only go one way or the other there are only two options you guys it's either god or god as in god the father son and the holy spirit so that's the triune god the one the one and only true living god okay the most high god the almighty god or it's mammon which is god of, with the little g Okay, which is trash, which is garbage, which is pending eternal 
death by way of flames okay and uh torture and everything unholy everything filth everything opposite of what is light what is pleasant what is blissful what is beautiful everything opposite of that that's the god of the little g okay and much more of course so keep this in mind right and then the point i want to make as well is when you look at the word serve in scripture uh in the original greek i found this interesting it means to be a slave so that's the first definition um among others because it says to be a slave to serve to do service but to be a slave is the first definition according to the greek in that scripture where it says you cannot serve two masters we can easily replace it with you cannot be a slave to two masters you cannot be a slave to two masters so guys whenever you look out at um you look out into the world and you see christians on tiktok and on youtube and facebook and they're preaching the gospel and they're going all over the place and saying things that trigger your demons and they're saying things that disturb and disrupt your atmosphere of sin and you and you wonder to yourself maybe how they could be doing this and why they would choose a life like this because it may maybe it seems boring to you or maybe it seems like they're being controlled by something or someone against their will and it just seems all too like it seems like it's the opposite of free for some of you that's what I hear the Holy Spirit telling me. Some of you look at the life of Christians as if we are the ones that are bound. <laughs> Ooh. Okay, you guys, I'm here today to help with that. But before I get into that, okay, I just want to mention this next passage, which comes from Colossians. So Colossians chapter three, verse five, where it says, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. So let me go ahead and read that again, since we are reading again things since I've been since I've read the other ones twice I'll read this one again uh so that it will stick Holy Spirit let it stick let them understand Lord what the Spirit of the Lord is saying give them ears to hear everyone who is under the sound of my voice Lord with what the Spirit of the Lord is saying so again, I am reading this passage from Colossians chapter three, verse five, where it says, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Amen. And then we have here uh, the last passage, which is, dear children, keep yourselves from idols. And that passage derives from the book of 1 John chapter 5, verse 21. And I'll go ahead and read it again. Dear children, keep yourselves from idols. Amen. That concludes the list of passages that I wanted to uh, include in this particular message. And guys, I just want to go ahead and put this out there. If you look at Christians, Holy Spirit filled Christians, and you think to yourself, wow. They're just out here living this life, doing a bunch of stuff that it seems like maybe it just seems like they're not having fun. It seems like they're not really doing what they really want to do. They're restricted by their God uh, to do things that are kind of boring and, you know, they're not allowed to have any fun at all. So I'm here to um, rebuke that notion and dismantle it altogether in Jesus name. Um, and yeah, I hope that this blesses you. Actually, I know it will um, because it's going to provide some revelation, which is always a blessing. Amen. Now, I'm here to remind you, some of you and to others, it'll be your first time hearing it probably. As I mentioned in the 
second passage, I believe it was Matthew chapter six, verse 24. Guys, you have two options in this world, in this earth. You have two options to, to choose and to serve God or mammon, meaning God of the little G. So let me say it even more plainly. You can serve the one and only true living God and be a slave to him. Or you can serve and be a slave to the devil, a.k.a. the God of the little G. These are your two options. So when you look out into the world and you see Christians, which I have some other things to mention when it comes to the lifestyle of a true Holy Spirit filled Christian. So let's just, you know, address first things first. When you look out into the world and you see the life of a Christian, I just want you to know that if you cannot relate to that lifestyle, if you are not Holy Spirit filled, if you're not saved, Okay, and Holy Spirit field, if you haven't given your life to Christ, you indeed, whether you believe it or not, are serving the devil. Here's here's where the, the enemy has been wildly successful. Okay. He has a lot of you so blinded in the sense that you truly believe that unless the person is like walking around with a black cape to the floor and a pointed hat and flying around on a broom and or going to seances and casting spells and stirring stuff in a big cast iron pot okay if they're not doing that they must not be witches that's what some of y'all think or you may think well they're not praying to crystals they're not doing tarot cards they're not claiming to be psychic so they don't worship the devil Oh, you are sadly mistaken. You are sadly mistaken. You see, anyone who chooses a lifestyle that is not in alignment with the word of God is by default in direct opposition to God. The the passage from Matthew chapter six, verse 24 No one, no one can serve two masters for you will hate one. Sounds like opposition to me. For you will hate one and love the other, be devoted to one and despise the other. So let me break it down. Let me put it in layman terms. Let me start listing things that you may be able to relate to. There ain't nothing but 24 hours a day. You done found 35. And you at your job. You're one of five. You got five hustles. Guys, no, I'm not coming out after your multiple streams of income, especially the ones where you earn money while you sleep. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about those of you who have devoted and invested so much time. So you've devoted so much time to your work. You've invested so much time to your work that that's literally all you have time for. You've sacrificed your family, relationships that are close to you. You put your work above that. And you think if you're doing that, you think you also put your work before God. It was God that you disrespected first. It was God that you said no to first. It was God that you turned your back to first before you started turning your back on everybody else. Because your ref- because your relationship with everyone else is in so many ways a reflection of your relationship with the Lord. And I actually got my first revelation of that by way of Elder Tiffany Buckner. I'm going to give credit where credit is due. I love that woman of God. She is extremely wise. She goes by the name of Anointed Fire here on YouTube. Definitely check her out. Love that woman of God. So um, I said all that to say, those of you who are workaholics, because that's what I just described in that previous example, a workaholic, someone who eats, breathes, drinks, just devotes all of their time will and emotions to thinking about work there ain't nothing wrong with working the lord encourages the work adam was given a task upon his stepping his feet on the to the earth the lord gave him a job right away okay so where do you think work ethic came from 
The Lord wants us to work. We each have an assignment. We each have purpose inside of us and we individually have assignments here in the earth. So yes, we are designed to work. We are called to work. We are not called to put our work before our relationship with God though. That's why he appointed a day of rest. You just have to be careful not to begin to idolize your work. It ain't that deep. It ain't that deep. And what is work directly connected to? Oftentimes, in some way, in some form or fashion, it's directly connected to money, fame, you getting the glory in some way. And, you know, so it goes all the way. It goes back to you. It goes back to you. And when anytime when the focus is too much on you, there's idolatry in the mix. Okay, we're thinking about uh, you can idolize yourself. You can idolize money. You can idolize like all these things, guys. These are gods of the little G, gods of the little G. Maybe you're not a workaholic. Maybe you just can't leave that man alone that the Lord told you to stop talking to three, four, five, six, seven, eight years ago. But you still somehow keep finding his name in your call log and you keep texting him when you get bored. That's your God. That's your God of the little G. Maybe you don't have issues with a man. Maybe you don't have issues with work, but but you can't put cigarettes down. You can't put alcohol down. You are drunk. That's your best friend. Where that bottle at? You don't need no man. You, for the men out there, you don't need a woman. You just need that bottle. You need that liquor store to stay open. <laughs> you need Kroger to stay open late enough to where you can explore what they got on their shelves. For those of you who have Kroger. Or for those of you who have grocery stores that sell alcohol, you get my point. That's the God of the little G. Anything that you cannot go without, you guys, I'm willing to say for more than 30 days, but for some of you who are really good at fooling yourselves, let's go 120 days. Can you go for 120 days without that thing? Can you go 120 days without smoking? Can you go 120 days without drinking? Can you go 120 days without thinking about talking to and going through withdrawals from talking to that man? These are gods of the little G. You are, guess what? Enslaved to that thing. Thank you, Holy Spirit. He just brought to my remembrance something I did not include here. So I forgot to include it in my notes. But it's the passage of the man. Rich man came to the Lord and asked him, what can he do basically to be saved? And I'm just paraphrasing and I'm going to just get to the point here. But basically, Jesus told him, leave your possessions, like get rid of everything that you have and follow me. And he was like, well, I guess uh, I'm going to just go ahead and back home. home, man. Sorry, guys, that was my pen. So he was serving his luxurious lifestyle. That's what he was a slave to. He was a slave to his comfort, the comfort he was a slave to the money and the the comfort that it afforded him he was a slave to the luxurious lifestyle he he uh lived he was a slave to the wealth he was a slave to all of his possessions that was his god of the little g that's a perfect example i can't believe i didn't think of that thank you holy spirit and it says here plainly in matthew chapter 6 24 you cannot serve both Serve means to be enslaved to, to worship. Guys, you obey who you worship. Want me to prove it? Okay, I'll use the exact same scripture I just said. As soon as Jesus presented to him, follow me. Okay, so obey me. Hear me with a with spiritual, guys, I need you guys to hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying. Follow me. Leave your things, sell your things, get rid of your things, and follow me. The, the The Lord was giving him an opportunity to obey him. And he said, no. Why? Because he preferred to obey, aka bow down to, submit to. Guys, it's all... All of these things are synonymous. They all, do you see how it all interconnects? 
Okay. So when he said no to Jesus, he said yes to something else. Because Jesus was asking him, well, because our God is a prophet. So he knew exactly what to say to that particular man. Leave your things behind and follow me. He spoke. Thank you, Holy Spirit. He spoke to the idol in his heart. Wow. I'm, ha- I'm receiving revelation as I speak to you by way of the Holy Spirit and by his grace. And I thank you, Lord. Jesus, who is a prophet, obviously, saw right through that man. And he spoke. Guys, I got to put the scripture on the screen. But I'm, I'm pretty sure you guys are familiar with this scripture. But my point is, <laughs> the Lord prophesied to him. The Lord, who is a prophet, saw right through him. And he spoke to the idol in his heart. So many people have taken that and they, um, especially the verse about uh, it's easier for a, a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for than a rich man to get into heaven. So some people think that that means to say the Lord doesn't want us to be blessed financially. The devil's a liar. The Lord doesn't want us to make a God, God of the little G, out of our finances, out of our money, out of our wealth, out of our possessions, out of anything that's material, materialistic. So the Lord said, get over yourself, get over your, your fleshly desires because his, his wealth, his level of comfort that his wealth afforded him, these things, they became an idol for him. And Jesus knew that. So Jesus asked him to sacrifice that. Pick up your cross. Guys, a a cross signifies sacrifice. Jesus was sacrificed on a cross at Calvary for our sins. Thank you, Jesus. So we, in turn, as, as his believers, as his followers, we've been called to pick up our cross and to make a sacrifice as well. Thank the Lord. It does not require any shedding of blood. (laughs) Okay. But back to what I was saying, he requested of the man to pick up your cross and follow me. In his case, his cross was in that particular case, at that particular, in that particular case, in that particular moment in time, the cross for him, the sacrifice for him was the money, was his lifestyle. Everything that was tied to that wealth. Now, that's not to say that the Lord was telling him to sell it, to leave it behind because he did not want the man to be wealthy. Nor was he saying that the man would never enter wealth again. He wanted the man to be delivered from the idol. And in order to be delivered from the idol, you have to deny it. There's a scripture. Thank you, Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is just, thank you, Lord, talking. There's a scripture that says, resist the devil and he will flee. Guys, that's deliverance. All you got to do is resist. Stop giving in to the demands of the enemy. And he got to go. That's why fasting is so effective. The Lord in that hour was doing what what, what Jesus does, which is presenting an opportunity to be set free. Amen. You see, those of us who are Holy Spirit filled, those of us who are saved, those of us who follow Christ, those of us who obey Christ, no pun, no pun intended. Guys. Those of us who do these things, guys, we walk up rightly, praise the Lord by way of the Holy Spirit. And we are the ones who are free because we serve a God. And get this, I know it sounds like an oxymoron, right? Because we serve a master, we still serve a master, we still serve a God. But the God we serve is free. The God we serve doesn't have us doing things that bring us harm or doesn't get us involved in doing things that bring us harm. If anything, it's the very opposite. Everything we do brings us joy. Everything the Lord calls us to do brings us joy because we're literally doing what we were designed to do because he's our creator. But when you choose the opposite, when you choose to do other things outside of the will of God, outside of what the Lord has commanded you to do, it will lead to destruction. Surely it will lead to calamity. Surely it will lead to sorrow. 
it's because it's outside of the of the will of God. It's because it's outside of God. And whatever peace you may think you feel is an illusion. That's why you got to get high to feel it. Those of you who do drugs, those of you who get high. And I've actually smoked weed before. It wasn't something I cared for. It wasn't my preference. I preferred, um, I liked hookah. I smoked hookah. And I preferred to do it after because I was a heavy drinker. So I was a drinker. Um, every now and again, I would smoke weed if it was free. Um, it was very rare though. Yeah, guys. So listen, I I had a, a previous life of sin. Okay. I'm not sitting up here claiming I ain't did none of that stuff or touching none of that stuff. I used to do that stuff. Okay. But my point is those sort of things bring you a very temporary s- sense of peace. They bring you a very temporary sense of bliss everything that's tied to the enemy anything that he can offer you you best believe is temporary just as temporary as that smoke that comes out the other end of that blunt you smoke just as temporary as that smoke that comes out the other end of that hookah pipe that you smoke and that you blowing everywhere just like vapor that's those are the promises of the enemy (laughs) Guys, our life here in the earth is like blinker eye right now. That's how short it is in comparison to eternity. That's how short it is in comparison to eternity. How many times did you blink your eye in the past two minutes? Okay. One of those blinks is your lifespan here in the earth in comparison to eternity. Honestly, I don't even think that's a proper example. I don't even think that's a proper comparative example. Because it's much shorter when you think about time that has no end. Whereas our life here in the earth is very much finite. Right? So I say that to say this. Even though you're not a Christian, even though you have chosen not to serve the one and only true living God, you haven't given your life to Christ, but you're out here quote unquote, living your best life, partying when you want to party, picking up drinks when you want to pick up drinks. And some of y'all out here with a whole reprobate mind because y'all feel no sort of conviction while you do it. You don't even feel bad no more. You just out here just living your life, doing what you want to do. Whatever fulfills and satisfies your desire in that hour is what you'll do. That is a dangerous lifestyle. Especially if you don't feel bad about it anymore. Maybe you used to, but now you just don't. You just done gave up. There's no life in you. You're just doing, you're just going with the flow. You're going with the emotion. And you're, you're your own God. Cause you're doing whatever satisfies the flesh. Guys, I didn't, don't listen. I didn't say it first. The Bible says it. I'll repeat it. That, that passage from Colossians chapter three, verse five, where it says put to death, meaning sacrifice meaning give it up, put it to death. Therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, that's the flesh. And he lists some examples here for for you. Sexual immorality for those of y'all who, you know, some, I've noticed a lot of people, some people y'all got hookup buddies. That's like more common than ever before. This hookup culture. And y'all wonder why y'all still single. I ought to do a series on that. The, I, the Lord has to lead me to that, guys. Because I, I have some harsh words. But um, if the Lord tells me, tell it. But yeah, the hookup culture ain't nothing good out of that. Ain't nothing good for you in that. It's a big orgy. Just like Tiffany Buckner says, which is so true. That's But that's exactly what it is. So, I mean, there's honestly no other way to say it. So you got sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Guys, there's so many passages that outline what idolatry is, that explain in great detail what idolatry means and what it includes and what it entails and what it looks like, that there's no excuse for anyone that claims to be a follower of Christ to not know what it is. You have to go around purposely, okay, and intentionally and consciously closing your eyes and being blind 
and closing your ears and not and, and being deaf to what the spirit of the Lord is saying. And that's a dangerous place to be in to because re- that because now you're open rebellion. Now you are consciously rejecting the knowledge of God, the wisdom of God and only only destruction is a result of that. Okay, it leads ultimately to a reprobate mind, which leads to death, you guys. Okay, so here's my point. Let's go all the way back to what I was saying about the rich man who denied the deliverance that the that Jesus wanted to offer him. You want to go to heaven? You want to be saved? Okay, what do you have to do? Here's what you have to do. Be delivered, be set free. You see, those of you who think that Christians are the one that, that's, guys, we are the ones that are free. Yes, my master is the Lord. Yes, I will obey him. But guys, don't you understand? And now it's time for me to go back to the first passage. Thank you, Holy Spirit. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Guys, what is he saving it from? Eternal damnation. He's saving you from death. He's saving us from death, which means without him, you will surely die. And I need you to listen with a spiritual ear. Because some of y'all just said, we all going to die. You fool. He's referring to eternal death. Hell, the grave. Hell, the dark pit. A fire that is not quenched. Fire that doesn't die out. That place, that death. Where you're tormented for eternity. That death. Where you're suffocated for eternity. Over and over again, you feel like you're, but it doesn't end. You want it to end, but it doesn't. Where you wish you could die, but you can't. Where you wish it would end, but it won't. That's the death he saved us from. But he won't force you. He's not going to force you. He's not going to force you to accept (laughs) this very generous offer. This privilege to be saved and to live with him for eternity in perfect bliss and perfect harmony so guys yes yes we serve a master but guys we were the ones that were on our way to hell until jesus came and died on the cross so that we could be saved i don't want to use the same example that a lot of evangelists use although it is a brilliant example about being guilty of crimes and your punishment is death but someone comes and pays your fines and you're released Actually, I'll go ahead and use that example. (laughs) Yeah, because a lot of evangelists use this, so you guys have probably heard it already online. Imagine you're guilty of a crime that is punishable by death. So that's exactly what's the case for us, because sin, the wages of sin are death. So we as humans who just somehow cannot stay away from sin, right? So we as sinners, or some of us former sinners, I'm no longer a sinner, thank God. God, I've been washed by the blood of the lamb. I'm Holy Spirit filled. And although I may fall, which is different, guys, that's a whole nother lesson because I know some people are still kind of lost on that. But anyway, let me just get to the point. The wages are sin or death. So the Lord came so that he would pay off. He, he paid for that, that, uh, that punishment. So he, he took that punishment on himself and sacrificed himself took that punishment on himself conquered death hell and the grave okay and so now who owes who if as a result of jesus doing all of that now i have the option of going to heaven whereas before i didn't even have an option because we were all hell bound before jesus came does are you this, is this starting to make sense? So who owes who? Yeah, we must die daily. We got to kill this flesh daily. This this flesh has got to submit to the Lord daily. The Lord actually commanded us to pick up our cross daily and follow him, which means every day there was, there's going to be a choice that we have to make. 
whether to serve God or to serve God of the little G, mammon, who will we serve? So I just, I'm just reminding you guys, you're serving somebody you may not think you are because you ain't got to answer nobody. That's the whole point. The enemy serves himself. He, he was kicked out of heaven because of pride. All he, all he thought about was himself. So what you think he going to preach in his, uh, teachings, self, 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 do what you want to do. Sleep with whoever you want to sleep with, go where you want to go, drink till you feel numb, smoke till you feel numb, pop all the pills you want to, stay out as long as you want to, until you want to, go where you want to go, drink what you want to drink, stay out until you want to. Do you see a pattern there? It's all about you. It's all about you. What you, it's all about you, boo, what you want. What you want? I got it. That's what the enemy said. What 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 you drinking on? I'll get you some more. What you smoking? I know somebody. I gotta connect. What's your price? Name your price and I got you. It's like this whole culture of self-indulge, like you're just self-indulging, you're self-consumed, self-absorbed, self, 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 self. And that's why a lot of y'all out here. With a bunch of unwanted kids, because if you would have been following what the Lord told you to do, you wouldn't even lay down with the man to get to put yourself in a position to get pregnant in the first place and had the kids. But, but, but you wanted to sleep with him though, because you felt like it. you, you had feelings you just couldn't control and you grown. So you can do what you want to do. So those are called consequences, my friend. And now because you still ain't got delivered. Now you got children and you selfish at the same time. That's the worst combination, but that's you exactly where the enemy wants you. Because now he can get a hold of your kids too. And the thing about all of this is, it was prophesied before it even came to pass because the Lord warned you. He talks about this, guys. So guys, everything that the Lord asks us to do is always for our own good. It's always for our protection. Just as a toddler wants to go against what his parent tells him to do. Because he doesn't feel like doing what his parents tell him to do. But it's for his own good. That's the same situation with us and God. To God, when you out there sinning, it's like you a little toddler running out into traffic. And the Lord told you to hold his hand and to stay still, to stay right there. But you didn't want to stay still. You wanted to cross the street. But because you blind, you know it was six lanes of traffic that you was about to walk into. You see, the Lord sees just like parents are taller than their toddler and they can see further than their toddler can see and they have more knowledge than their toddler has this guys have this have this the same concept of god in heaven except obviously it's on a much greater scale but the concept is the same he sees what we cannot see he knows what we don't know so he's instructing us for our own good according to what he sees and according to what he knows we don't know what he knows and we can't see what he see so just like a toddler has to trust an, their parent for their own safety we should be trusting god it's just that simple you guys, what is your knowledge in comparison to a God that's been existing since before time to a God that's eternal? What is your wisdom and knowledge and understanding to a God that lives outside of time and that created time and that created this earth and that created you? Thank you, Holy Spirit. We don't know nothing. Even what we know, that's still just a little speck of wisdom the Lord just bestowed upon us. <laughs> just outshining a, all, a bunch of folks here on earth. And that just tells you the level. Guys, there, there's levels to this. You ain't even heard of. You ain't even seen. That's what the Lord says. Eyes have not seen, nor ears have heard. Neither has it entered into the hearts of man the things I have for you. The whole point is you don't belong to yourself. Okay, you was on your way to hell. I was on my way to hell until Jesus came. The great thing, great news is he came and he gave his life so that we could live. And he resurrected. He's still alive. Praise the Lord. And he's in heaven right now. He sees us and he knows us. Those who choose him, of course, that is those who want to know him because he's not going to force himself. 
but he intercedes on our behalf. Praise the Lord. And he's given us a choice when he was talking to that rich man and he was teaching and preaching, just like he gave him a choice. Be delivered, be set free, die to self, sacrifice that God that you hold so dear in your heart. You you can't do both. He told him right then and there, leave it and follow me. What he was telling him there was this passage in Matthew chapter 624, which is you can't serve both. Everybody got something different. They feel like they just can't do without it. And the Lord is saying, choose me over that. Okay, so get over yourself. (laughs) And he's not saying you won't eventually have it or he won't allow you to have it. Guys, he created it and he created that if it's good, if it's something good and it's something that will benefit you or something that won't bring any harm to you. He put the desire in your heart anyway. What he does not want is for you to make an idol out of them because there is no other God. Guys, don't you get it? There's only one and true. There's only one and true living God, God, the father, son, and the Holy spirit, the one who is, was, and is to come the alpha and the omega. There's only one God, you guys. I don't know what your little G is. I don't know what your God with the little G is in your life. It could be anything. Is it your car? Is it the clothes on your bag? Is it just expensive bags? Is it your five hustles? That you can't live without, that you are not willing to put down, not even for God. And I'm not out here, let me make myself clear, I'm not out here trying to say y'all can't have multiple jobs or multiple streams of income, I should say. Having multiple streams of income is totally fine, but not when it begins to rob your attention from your relationship with God. That's when it becomes an idol. It's just, we want to stay away from idols. We want to say stay away from anything that can threaten the position that is supposed to be exclusively for God. Anything that can threaten to take the position in our heart or to possess the position in in our heart that was exclusively designed for God to dwell in, that has to go. And get this, thank you, Holy Spirit. Upon meeting Jesus, that's the first thing he's gonna come after. That's the first thing he's gonna address. Whatever idol you have, Hi guys, I'm back. Well, I guess you didn't even realize I left because of, you know, editing, but (laughs) I actually stepped away and I went to look up um, that passage, guys, because it was just really annoying me that I didn't uh, have it right in front of me and I couldn't read it verbatim because I just knew that I was, you know, missing a lot of good parts that I could... um, elaborate on okay so this passage comes from mark okay so mark chapter 10 verses 17 through 27 and this is about that rich man i was referring to you guys earlier in the message so it says here as jesus was starting out on his way to jerusalem a man came running up to him knelt down and asked good teacher what must i do to inherit eternal life. Why do you call me good? Jesus asked. Only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. You must not cheat anyone. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, the man replied, I've obeyed all of these commandments since I was young. Verse 21, looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. There's still one thing you haven't done, he told him. (laughs) Guys, what did I tell you? The Lord prophesied to him. Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this, the man's face fell and he went away sad for he had many possessions. So when the rich man responded to Jesus saying he had already successfully basically obeyed all of the commandments, the Lord corrected him and and said, actually, you're missing one thing. Idolatry. You're still committing idolatry. Except he didn't say idolatry. He said, leave your possessions. Give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. 
you guys, <laughs> you have got to get rid of all the idols in order to inherit the kingdom of heaven. And in order to have eternal life, you have got to get rid of the idols. And so I'm going to pick up with verse 22. At this, the man's face fell and he went away sad for he had many possessions. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard is it for the rich to enter the kingdom of God? This amazed them. But Jesus said again, dear children, it is very hard to enter the kingdom of God. In fact, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Verse 26, the disciples were astounded. Then who in the world? can be saved they asked Jesus looked at them intently and said humanly speaking it is impossible but not with God everything is possible with God amen so I wanted to read this just to show you how much that man loved his things so much so that he refused to give it up so, uh, if you ask me, he was enslaved to it. If you ask me, he was bound to it. If you ask me, he was chained up, bound up, and in a whole chokehold by his own possessions. Why do I say that? Because the man just turned down eternal life in exchange to keep his finite possessions finite meaning it has an end an expiration date it can be eaten by worms and moths it rots eventually one day it's it's gonna be ruined but he didn't care why because he bound up so for some of y'all it may not be your possessions like i said but it's the toxic relationship you're entangled in and it's all ultimately to fulfill your own selfish desires. So why do I say that? Well, because a lot of you, a lot of you suffer from insecurities and, and lack of confidence. And so it feels better and it feels good in the moment, in very fleeting moments. And I know y'all know what I'm talking about. So it's very fleeting. The moment it's like a roller coaster. You on that ride for the parts that are the funnest. You're on the ride for in hopes of feeling the fun part again, feeling the good parts again, even though overall it's a terrifying <laughs> and uncomfortable feeling overall. However, it has its moments where it's exhilarating. And see, that's the problem too. A lot of y'all associate wild with free. Thank you, Holy Spirit. <laughs> I'll never piece those two things together like that necessarily. Like I never came to that revelation like that. But that's why, see, the media has had a hand in this, of course. So the media makes it look like wild is free and free is wild. So unless you're out here acting up, unless you're out here showing your behind, unless you're out here like you ain't got no home training, then you, ain't, you must not be free. Because free looks like wild. Free looks like dangerous. The devil's a liar, y'all. That's not free. That's dumb. And it's foolish. And it's fleeting. That feeling you get is fleeting. And it's a, an illusion overall because it's fake. What do I mean by fake? Well, because it's temporary. So if it doesn't last, it must be low quality. Y'all, 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 I gotta go, but y'all holding me. Y'all, that's the Holy Spirit talking. What I'm trying to say is he had many positions and he was in such a chokehold by that God with the little G, aka his idol, aka in this case, his many possessions, his wealth, his money, his mammon, okay? That's what had chokehold on him. But y'all chokehold may be held by a different demon. Who got you in a chokehold? What well, can't you go 30 days without, 60 days without, 90 days without, 120 days without? What got you bound up like that? It's a good question to ask because that's how you identify that idol. And that is how you identify what it's going to take to get close to Jesus. 
because that's what Jesus is going to ask for. Hand it over because God won't be mocked. That's why. Your God with the little G is a mockery. It's a fake and it won't be tolerated. The Lord is saying, look, if you're going to come to get the real, you're going to have to leave the fake stuff behind. The real can't mix in with the fake. Not when you're dealing with holy. Not when you're dealing with righteous. And that's why I love my sister Tiffany Montgomery and how she delivered her message. That righteous indignation is my favorite part about God. That's what saved my soul. I love me a good harsh rebuke. Probably not always in the moment. I ain't gonna lie. Because it cut and it cut me. But it saves my soul. It, it edifies me when I hear it. Now that I'm saved, now that I'm Holy Spirit filled, anytime I hear a righteous rebuke or righteous indignation, I, um, I'm edified. It, it pumps me up. I get excited. I'm just like, let's get it. Let's get it. Let's go. Let's go. That's my sis. That's my bro. Anyway, I said all this to say, get over yourself and get rid of your idols. This is not your world. This is not, <laughs> it's not about us. You guys, we've been bought with a price and that price was Jesus's blood sacrifice. You don't belong to yourself. You, we don't belong to ourselves. We belong to God, the one who saved us. And if you choose, because it is a choice, it's always a choice. If you so choose to go the other way, okay, opposite of Jesus, because Jesus is the way, right? So if you choose to go astray, if you choose another way, which is the wrong way, right? That's up to you and that's on you. It ain't got nothing to do with him. But clearly I have a lot to say on this topic. Um, but I think I've said enough for now. So yeah, uh, again, please subscribe, you guys. If you enjoyed this, please subscribe. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, also, those of you who are listening via podcast, thank you for tuning in via podcast on Spotify and um, Apple Podcast. I appreciate you so much. And yeah, guys, I'm going to go ahead and leave on that note. And yeah, I'll catch you guys next time.